What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Catchway Podcast. This is episode five. And I want to start off with some bad news, some very sad news about our co-host, our lovely partner in crime, Brandon Musgrove. He's not dead. It's much worse than that. He is without Wi-Fi uh, this week. He's without internet. So he's going to be unable to join me uh, on Skype to talk about about the week's events in MMA. And, and I'm pretty bummed out about it, but it's just such a good week. I know, I know the show must go on. So here we are. It's the show. It's going on. Um, you know, I'm sorry, Brandon, if you're listening to this somehow without Wi-Fi. I'm sorry, man. Uh, it's 2017. I don't know. Get it together. Uh, maybe we'll do a GoFundMe uh, next week, and we'll put it in the comments. I don't know. But UFC 2 and Irons this week, and George St. Pierre versus Michael Bisman was just announced. So we've got a bunch to talk about. And uh, I just, I'm just going to jump right into it. It's probably going to be a shorter episode this week, just because me talking about myself it's kind of weird and I don't have Brandon to to back me up and say how he's feeling but yeah so we're just going to jump right into it we're going to talk about the whole UFC 209 main card which is actually a very good card and I think we're going to start at the top we're going to start at Tyron Woodley versus Stephen Thompson to the rematch the first fight was it was definitely underrated uh you know being being in New York and being the co-main to a Connor card it's kind of underrated and just Tyron's appeal I guess isn't too much and also just the, the nature of the fight, it was a draw. And it was kind of a weird fight, but it was a it was a great fight if you look back at it. It was very it was a different fight, interesting. Tyron Woodley, man, he's I think he's such an underrated fighter. People don't really like him. He's kind of a he's kind of a whiner. And and I, I get where people are coming from, but I think he's an incredible talent. I think he's much better than people give him credit for. Especially considering the performance he put up against Stephen Thompson. After Stephen Thompson came from knocking out Johnny Hendricks in two rounds, was it, and and just uh, piecing up Rory McDonald in five rounds and 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 not easily, but definitely winning a decision against him. So Tyron Woodley, the first fight he came out, it was kind of weird. He didn't he didn't wrestle a lot. He, I want to say he uh, went for a takedown in round one or two, and he was like very successful and and had had uh, Thompson on the ground for much of the round. And the rest of the fight he didn't do that. He was he was standing striking and he. He had decent success, you know. He's 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 a good counterpuncher. He's not he's not just some wrestler with a good right hand. Like he's a good counterpuncher. He knows he knows his abilities, and he knows he knows how to how to do what he's able to do to the best of his ability. I think. And you know, a lot of people thought it was weird that he was you know against the fence himself the whole fight, but that was really by his choosing. He he felt comfortable there, and you know, I think it's kind of odd. But who am I to question the man if he says he feels comfortable? I mean, it clearly worked out. No matter no matter who you thought won that fight, it was definitely a close one. And you know, Tyron, I, I wish I could find out why he didn't wrestle as much because I think he I think he would have a lot of success. You know, in this fight in the rematch, there's a lot of questions: Is Tyron gonna wrestle more, and is Stephen Thompson gonna throw more volume? That was uh that was definitely Stephen Thompson's problem in this fight. Stephen Thompson's kind of known as a as a as a volume fighter. He throws a lot of punches and a lot of kicks. And he was definitely he definitely didn't do that in in his fight against Tyron Woodley. You know, whether he was just hesitant because of Tyron's power or wrestling, I mean that's that's probably the case. But but man, he just watching that fight, he just had so much success when he was punching me, when he was being a forward. That he just he I understand that the, the threat is there to be taken down and it is scary, man, Tyron Woodley taking you down as a as as a karate guy, we're probably not getting up and, and we did see that in the first fight. But you don't you don't want to go to another draw or you don't want to you don't want to go to to another loss here. So Stephen Thompson he really has to has to work on that volume. He's such an incredible 
striker, one of the best in the UFC, and maybe maybe you know let down on the kick some. Maybe don't kick as much, but you gotta you gotta let him go, man. Because Tyron Woodley, he just has a way of sucking you into his game and and just uh, just trapping you into doing what he wants you to do. And he had a lot of success in that first fight. So yeah, you know it's such a it's such a hard fight to call. Thinking about it, I'm I'm a big Stephen Thompson fan, Wonder Boy. I mean, what's not a love about the guy? He's a he seems like such an innocent, sweet, sweet little guy. I mean, he's thirty. He's definitely not a Wonder Boy. He's more he's more of a Wonder Man. But and he's just such, such an exciting fighter. And and the fact that you know guys like Leo Machida with the karate background, they don't punch as much. So so you know you can kind of find them boring occasionally, and they work in uh, in like strides. But Stephen Thompson usually is always pouring it on. It's just so exciting, and so I'm kind of I'm kind of pulling for Thompson here. But looking at the fight objectively, man, it could go either way. The main event and the co-main event. It's in, it's insane that they both of them could go either way, and I wouldn't be surprised at any outcome by any fighter by any method in in the main and co-main. But for the sake of of being right, for the sake of uh of trying to predict who's actually going to win, I'm. I'm torn, and I, I'm and I'm just gonna. I'm probably just gonna say a name. I'm probably gonna go with Stephen Thompson. You know, I really think Tyron Woodley has all the tools of making it of of making it a a fight that he's capable of winning. I mean, we saw that in the first fight, and as and Thompson as well. But Stephen Thompson's mentioned that he's gonna let his hands fly more, and I really think if he does that, and he's worked on his takedown defense. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good night for Stephen Thompson. Now Woodley Woodley, you know, if he wrestles more. Who knows what'll happen? But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Stephen Thompson for this one. Probably probably a decision, maybe a three rounds to two. I don't think it's gonna be a, a knockout. I don't think it's gonna be the most exciting fight. I didn't think the first one's gonna be that exciting, uh, but it turned out to be an exciting fight. I don't think this one's gonna be as exciting as the first one, but hopefully it'll be more. Uh, it'll offer a conclusion. You know, hopefully it's not a it's not a split decision or, or another draw. So yeah, we're gonna go with Stephen Thompson by decision. I'm thinking 48-47. Now let's talk about the co-main event. And, and before I just even talk about this fight, Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. Khabib 24-0, Tony Ferguson 23-3. Uh, and Tony's only loss is from Michael Johnson in the fight where he broke his arm. So, you know, they're both basically undefeated in the UFC. And, man, this is... Forget all the belts. Forget anything anything about belts or, or popularity. This is easily one of the best fights you can make in the UFC right now. Two top fighters in, in a very busy and very uh, athletic division fighting at their prime. You know, you can you can be mad and be like, well, it's for an interim title and it's, it's a fake title and it's stupid, and it is. But be happy that it's five rounds because it's for a title and be happy that these guys might be getting a little, a little bit more money. So, so let's just jump into it, man. I'm so excited for this fight and I'm not sure what to expect. I think... I think this matchup on paper is a little more clear just because we know, especially with Khabib, we know what Khabib's going to do. Khabib is just an, a freak wrestler. He he can take you down. You know, Conor McGregor says he can hit you from anywhere. Khabib's the opposite. He can take you down from anywhere, man. If he's shooting a double leg and that messes up, he'll shoot. He'll he'll turn it to something else. He just, like, on the fly. If he grabs you, man, you're probably going down. You're probably going down. And you're probably not getting up. You're probably getting hit a lot in the face. While Khabib is saying some, saying things in like broken English that just make make things sound even more terrifying, just because of his uh, 
his accent. He's just a freak on the ground. And, you know, standing up in the Michael Johnson fight, I, I did pick Michael Johnson to win. I thought I thought he was going to be able to do it. And early on, man, the first two and a half minutes, I was excited because uh, what I thought was going to happen was happening. You know, Michael Johnson was uh, was standing in the middle, just hitting him, and, uh, and he was just prepared. He had the uppercuts ready in case he was going to get taken down. He had the knees ready. But eventually, Michael Johnson kind of got back into the fence. And, I mean, we know what happened in that fight. Khabib just took over after after really showing some liabilities on the feet. Khabib definitely, he's he's not a, he's not a good striker, you know. Let's just point out and say it. He, he's gotten by with the striking because he's not not worried about it. He's a powerful guy, and he's, he's knocked some people down. And, and, man, you don't want that guy to hit you, but he's not, he's just not, he's not good on the feet. And, and it's incredible that he's not good on the feet, and that he's gotten this far. He's he's the number one ranked, ranked number one ranked, excuse me, uh, lightweight, and and for good reason, man. Like the fact that he's not multidimensional and he can still be the best guys in the world is is just a a testament to how skilled he is at that one thing. And now we look at Tony Ferguson, man. Tony, I've been following this guy for a while. I remember when he fought in the co-main event at UC 176, maybe? It was the main event where TJ Dillashaw was supposed to fight Hinnon Burrell, the rematch, but uh, Hinnon Burrell had a bad weight cut, and, and TJ fought Joe Soto, and Tony Ferguson was the co-main event to Danny Castillo. It was a weird fight where, where Castillo really took Ferguson down a lot, which could be some foreshadowing for you, but but Tony Tony did a lot of work on bottom, and he, he won, and, and it was I, think, I believe it was a split decision. Castillo was mad, but but Tony really deserved the win because even though he's on bottom, man, his his little rubber guard thing that he does was just incredible, and he was he was pouring on hits and and doing damage on the bottom that you rarely see. Since then, man, Tony's Tony has improved in strides like just immensely. If you would have told me, if you would have told anybody that that Tony Ferguson that that barely got by Danny Castillo would go on to beat Edson Barboza and then RDA in Mexico, nobody would believe that, man. Nobody. But he has. He's just he's such a a creative guy. If you see him fight, you know, the, the free fight that UFC uh, put on YouTube for, for two and nine is is Tony Ferguson versus uh Josh Thompson. And I really encourage you to watch that fight. It's uh it's, it's such an exciting fight, man. Tony Tony uh has some trouble with, with Josh Thompson trying to take him down and he, he rolls out of it. Something something you never see before, but it works perfectly. And his strikes they're loopy and weird, but but he's hitting dudes. He knows he knows how to hit him. He's gotta He's he's not he's he doesn't have an athletic build and he's he's kind of a dorky looking dude but man, he can hit people, and he he uh, he connected with a really solid elbow in that fight against Josh Thompson and really just turned the the tide. Then his fight against Edson Barbosa, man, Edson Barbosa has improved so much from the guy that that got basically knocked down from a jab by by Donald Cerrone. He's he's gotten so much better defensively and offensively as well, and and that was a good fight. You know, he uh, Edson Barbosa put Tony into trouble, but at the end of it, man, Tony Tony was able to kind of dictate his will. Both guys bleeding and eventually put in that Darce choke. And I, I definitely think uh, Tony Ferguson's best best fight, best accomplishment is fighting RDA. You know, it was right after RDA lost the title, so the the lure of Rafael dos Anjos was kind of gone. But man, to go in there for five rounds against RDA and beat him standing up, man, that's incredible. That's such an incredible achievement, and the the most incredible part. And really, shouts out to both guys just for having five rounds of cardio in Mexico. If you ever watch any UFC card in Mexico, 
you know, sometimes they're, they're usually not good just because the altitude is so high, man. I don't even, even these great athletes are just not capable of, of maintaining a pace. And five rounds maintaining a crazy pace. Tony Ferguson has a, has a heavy pace that most people couldn't do for five rounds at any altitude. Tony Ferguson did his crazy pace at New Me- at excuse me, Mexico altitude, which is insane. And you know, and you know, Tony, Tony, his ground game is is interesting. He's not he he comes from a wrestling background, and he believes he's a better wrestler. We all know he's not. You know, we won't, I won't I won't pretend to think that he is, but he's so offensively oriented on the ground, and his his uh, his is just so unique that I mean, Khabib's definitely going to take him down eventually. And it'll be exciting to see what Tony does when he's there. I don't think Tony's scared to go there at all. And and I'm I'm sure I feel like Khabib is probably gonna be worried on the feet. Tony's gonna do some interesting things. Uh he he's in the in the Josh Thompson fight, Tony was just hitting Josh with so many hits to the kicks to the liver. And and, and he's just got he's got so many different weapons at so many different ranges, really. And so, man, it's going to be interesting. Um, two two opponents that Khabib and Tony share in common is Abel Trujillo, Trujillo, Abel Trujillo, and who's the other guy? Gleason Tebow. Both guys, uh, Khabib, uh, beat by decision. The Gleason Tebow fight was early on in his career, and Gleason proved to be a tough matchup. But Khabib got through it. Then the Abel Trujillo fight, man. I I forget the official count, but I think Khabib took him down twenty two times or something incredible, like. He just broke Abel Trujillo. He broke him. He didn't finish any of those guys, but man, he really just broke Abel Trujillo in half, like his soul. And it's it's a hard fight to watch. You know, I mean, Abel at the end is just like it's getting picked up, being like, I can't believe this is happening again. It's ridiculous. But interesting to note, Tony fought both those guys and finished both those guys. I believe by Darth choke. I could be wrong, but I know he finished Trujillo by Darth choke. And yeah. So this is just another fight that it could go anyway. I think you know, I could see Khabib grinding it out, getting a submission. I could see Khabib uh, punching him out and getting the knockout, or on the ground from some ground and pound. And 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 Khabib's never gone five rounds. Tony, we know, has incredible cardio. Some people think Khabib won't have incredible cardio, and that, that's definitely possible. I mean, he has a high pace, and for five rounds, it's got to be hard just to be picking up dudes for five whole rounds. And we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to. I don't want to speculate too much on if Khabib's cardio is going to be bad. But I don't. I can't. I don't. I can't believe that anybody has a better cardio than Ferguson. You know, really, I think this fight comes down to who's going to be able to to dictate their will and, and push and push their pace. Both guys love to pressure, and uh, and who who's who's going to be the one backing backing up? You know, if Tony's backing up, it's going to be it's going to be problematic for him. Khabib's going to push him against the fence and, and definitely get a takedown. If Khabib's backing up or if Khabib's just in the middle, matter of fact, he doesn't need a backup. If Khabib's just standing in the middle of Tony, it's going to be problems. And, and who knows what could happen on the ground. But, man, I'm so excited for this fight. This is, you know, this, this whole card probably won't do too many pay-per-view buys. It's not a popularity card, for sure. There's no big names. But this co-main event, one of the best fights on paper that you're going to see all year. Without a doubt, definitely tune into this. And you know, if I'm like, like I said, if I'm forced to to pick again, I really, I really believe that Tony Ferguson can get it done. You know, I think Khabib has just too many liabilities on the feet, and though his his wrestling and sambo is just incredible on the ground, 
one day he's gonna he's gonna get in trouble for for being so disadvan disadvantaged on the on the feet. And so I'm really gonna go with Ferguson on this one. I think Ferguson's really great and unique everywhere. While could be has has a great game that's that's designed around his wrestling, but it's just not it's just not as a as well rounded. So I'm gonna go with Ferguson on this one. We'll see, man. You know, I could I could be wrong on both the co-main event and the main event. Whew, I've been talking a lot. Let me catch my breath real quick. All right, let's go down the card. Rashad Evans versus Daniel Kelly. I'm going to be honest. Rashad Evans, retire. You're, you're about to do a middleweight fight that's 20 pounds down. I don't even know if he can make that weight. We'll see. I'm picking Daniel Kelly, but it's, it's probably not going to be a good fight. It's a weird fight. And here we go. Good fight. Lando Venata, the groovy one, versus David Timur. I don't know much about David Timur. But uh, I, you know, I hear good things about him. Uh, that he's a solid prospect. He's from Sweden, five and one. But Lando, man, I'm so excited about Lando. He's he's got such an interesting mindset. Very, very reminiscent of Conor McGregor with his talks about movement and the, just his uh his approach to the fight game. He's not, he's definitely not as charismatic. I mean, no, there's only one Conor McGregor. We say it all the time, but but Lando's just such an interesting guy. And man. I mean, his debut against Tony Ferguson was incredible. Like, he did work on Tony, whether Tony wants to admit it or not. Then his next fight against John McDessie, man, spinning wheel kick, just after doing some uh, some kind of oblique kicks to the knee, just snapping that spinning wheel kick and, and just knocking him out and walking away like it was nothing. What an incredible knockout. The knockout of 2016, in my opinion. I think Lando's got such a bright future, and I'm really excited for him to put on a show, so we'll see. But I'm definitely picking Lando by knockout. Here we are to the first fight of the, of the main card. It's a good fight, solid fight. Alistair Overeem versus Mark Hunt. And this is a this is a rematch. I believe Alistair submitted Hunt in their first fight a long time ago when Hunt was like on a five-fight losing streak, all submissions. You know, since then, these guys have gone through many renaissances and many uh, failures. And let's see, Alistair is at... Let's see what his rank is in the UFC right now. He's number three, okay, and Mark is, wow, Mark is number seven after after losing to Brock Lesnar, you know, going from one drug to, to Alistair, who definitely used to be on steroids, it's interesting, and he has a whole, uh, he's a lawsuit against the UFC right now, so, you know, Alistair, he's definitely, being with Greg Jackson, you know, he's, he's definitely become a smarter fighter, his chin is kind of shot, but he doesn't get hit a lot, he's, he's a lot smarter and, and safer in his fights, and, but also Mark Hunt, man, Unless unless Alistair does a takedown heavy game plan, I think Mark Hunt's such a great fighter on the feet. I think he's so underrated. And and like I said, Alistair still has you know he's still a little chinny. So I'm I'm gonna go with Mark Hunt by knockout. Not a crazy thing to hear, Mark Hunt knocking people out. It happens. And man, that's UFC 209. Uh, I kind of rambled on a little bit maybe, but that's the card. It's exciting this Saturday in Las Vegas. I'm definitely going to be watching. I'm super excited. Main event and co-main event are such great fights on paper. I don't care about popularity. You just go, you're going to watch them and be amazed by what these guys can do. But into our next segment, this is, they just announced today, George St. Pierre's return fight. He's fighting Michael Bisping. What a weird fight. Middleweight fight. And and even weirder, they, they announced the fight, but there's no, it's, it's to, be, to, to be determined location, to be announced uh, time. But they just went ahead and I guess announced the fight just to kind of get everybody buzzing, and you know the the nobody's really there's not a lot of people saying positive things. Kind of like when Connor got the rematch against Nate. I'm sure once the fight 
happens, people are going to be excited. It's, it's George St. Pierre. You know, people are going to be excited for that return. But, I mean, we know he doesn't deserve this fight. He's never fought a middleweight in the UFC. He doesn't deserve to fight the champion, regardless of who the champion is. There's there's much more deserving guys in middleweight. You know, Rockhold, I mean, excuse me, not Rockhold, uh, Romero. I mean, what does he have to do to, to deserve his shot? And it kind of seems like GSP is just getting this fight because, I mean, because it's GSP and because he thought, you know, hey, this is a winnable fight for me. We'll see. But I do kind of want to want to give my just opening thoughts. And I will say, George St. Pierre, man, he's probably he's probably he's got to be my favorite fighter of all time. Is he just one incredible guy? He, he, I mean, he's the first guy to be like humble and nice in the octagon, and still just demolish people, man. There's like a streak of like four or five years where he was winning fights in five round decisions and didn't lose one a single round until until he lost a few rounds to Jake Shields after Jake was just running into him with his fingers stretched out trying to poke him in the eye, you know. He's just, he can outstrike you, he can out-wrestle you. He's not even from a wrestling background. Like, George St. Pierre, especially if you look at his competition, I believe he's the greatest of all time. You know, Anderson Silva had a great run, but George's, George's run, just looking at the competition, incredible. And and I'm sure John Jones, if when he comes back, will surpass that eventually. But as of right now, George is the GOAT. But who knows? Who knows how he's going to show up at middleweight? You know, this is a, a bigger weight class. George has a long reach. He has a longer reach than Michael Bisping, but he's definitely shorter. And he hasn't fought in three years, you know? It's going to be interesting, but... And I don't think he deserves this fight. I wish they should have gave George anybody, you know? Any fight with George is going to sell about the same. It's George St. Pierre. People are excited for his return. Honestly, I would like to see him against Johnny Hendricks. Even though Johnny Hendricks is kind of washed up, it would have been a fun middleweight fight because Johnny Hendricks uh, arguably beat him. The first time around, I think like eight out of ten media outlets believe that Johnny Hendricks won that fight, and so I think it'd be a compelling rematch. And also, you know, George St. Pierre could silence the doubters, really. But man, just I uh, just imagine, imagine, imagine George St. Pierre coming in and inviting Michael Bisping, just doing his his just beautiful double leg and just taking them down, man, and seeing that perfect jab that George St. Pierre has on the feet. Imagine seeing that in 2017. It's uh that'd be so exciting, you know. So we'll see what develops with that fight, and, and I'm sure I'll have you know more thoughts as the fight comes around. We don't even know when the hell it's going to be, but uh, yeah, what a weird time in the UFC. What a weird time. But guys, that's all I got for you. It uh, looks like we're about 22 minutes in. I definitely talked for, for more than I thought. Um, if you listen, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, Hopefully hopefully my, my partner and co-host Brandon will be back next week with some Wi-Fi, with some internet. So we can shoot the shit, and uh, and I can argue with him about how Dan Henderson is not a good fighter, and hasn't been for four years. It's a little argument we got into today, a little uh, discussion. But yeah, thank you for listening. If you did listen, uh, definitely you know hit the like button or 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 something wherever you're listening to, and, and leave a comment. Uh, we'd love some constructive criticism. And this is just something we're doing for fun, but we we definitely want to get better, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, definitely watch UFC 209 this weekend and enjoy yourselves. Bye.